Welcome to Geordie Lass and Doc Sass. One day, a Geordie and a Canadian walk into a bar and decide to start a podcast about relationships and what a topic that is. No subjects are off limits. Get in touch today with us at geordielass.com or email info at geordielass.com and let us know what you think and what we should talk about. Welcome to the podcast. Hello, good morning. And good Hello, afternoon. Good afternoon. <laughs> good afternoon. Good afternoon. And good evening, wherever you may be <laughs> in the world in today. The world. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> oh, man, so how's your weekend been? How are you doing? Uh, yeah, the weekend was good, thank you. Lots of scrummy food and um, <gasps> detox hasn't gone so well. <laughs> I can restart again, though, this week. Of course. <laughs> Of course, yeah. there's always a rolling entry into detox. That's fine. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah. yeah, no, it's good. Good. Nice company. Oh. Good food. Oh, very nice. Yeah, nice chill times. How was yeah, your weekend? very nice. Very nice. Well, uh, I headed out on the river, which was quite exciting on my paddleboard. And um, oh, I'd actually paddled up into this little cove, which is right by this train station. This is a train station by the Hudson River on the water, the Riverdale train station. And I headed into this cove and I was like, there's these two little ducks. Because you know how ducks, they always swim together. And they were in the cove together. I don't know what they were doing, but I, uh, mm-hmm. oh, I know. So I paddled <laughs> up and I only realized when I paddled in that they were actually there. And I was like, oh, that's so cute because I was taking a little break and I was like oh I would love to have little ducks right by but they were really pissed off that I'd come into their space and they sort of quacked and they you know swam away in a huff I mean I can only imagine it was in a huff you know how like ducks they don't do anything quickly (laughs) but they seemed displeased so they basically took their business elsewhere I think they were canoodling in the cove well maybe they were having an affair and I've (gasps) disturbed the peace that's the thing I think it is a little bit of a lover's uh, nest in there. So, mm. yeah, the ducks were getting busy. I definitely disrupted whatever they were doing. Getting down with the ducks. <laughs> yeah, getting down with the ducks. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think the the lesson there is like before um, paddling into a cove, just make sure there's no canoodling ducks in there. And then if there are, maybe just let them have their peace and go to another cove. Yeah. Yeah. We all need some peace to canoodle every now and again. That's exactly it. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) All right. So what is on the desk of the Relationship Correspondent of Love? Well, yeah. So this week I read an interesting article which was about friendships coming out of COVID. Mm. So this article was all about, because things are starting to open up. So in the UK, things have been open for a little while in Jersey. We haven't really had it too bad. In the UK, restrictions are being lifted. People are allowed to have meals outside and things like that. So the the lockdown restrictions are lifting. But we're kind of in this stage of semi-lockdown freedom and not. So there's still rules. And so people kind of... And there's still a lot on the news around about the vaccine. There's a lot on the news around uh, not taking unnecessary risks about Mm -hmm. still wearing masks and distancing. So this person was writing that they actually were starting to feel really, really anxious when friends approached them to go out and socialise and do things because they kind of felt like we've had such a long time where we've been told to kind of stay home stay safe that's been the message yes and now we're being told that it's okay to leave and there's this anxiety that's being created and it's causing some stress amongst friendships 
because you've got some people who are quite open to that and quite willing and just desperate to get out the house and and socialize again and you've got other people who are really fearful and anxious about um getting together not knowing who other people have been in contact with not not some people thinking that it's okay to hug others not comfortable with that Mm. so it's causing this real imbalance across friendships yeah oh my gosh Mm. yes so I thought it was an interesting thing to bring to the podcast just because I think we've we've always got to live a life in taking the measures and the risks that we're comfortable with. Yeah. But there's a certain amount of awareness really that other people might not be in the same place. Yeah. So I think there's something around compassion and understanding for other people who yeah. may be feeling more anxious than you are. And then finding ways to help to support them and to make them feel comfortable with whatever decisions they're making. Yeah. Oh, gosh, yes. Mm. And it is super weird because for some people have really internalized and bless them, the public health messages, they've really got it, you know, and actually, I mean, to be honest, to their detriment. And it's super weird because there's other people who really have not had Mm. the public health messaging really sort of kind of hit home. And so... We all know people who've just continued to have a lot of fun this whole year and just sort of go out and you're hearing about people going to weddings and traveling and, you know, beach parties and stuff. And you're like, who are these people? But people have are on a huge spectrum, a wide spectrum of how they have internalized these messages and how they've chosen to live their lives. And so for the people who've really seriously internalized the messages, there's no on off button on this that's the problem is like the threat isn't gone so for the people who've really taken this seriously and taken this to heart and the messaging has actually provoked their anxiety right Mm. um there's no off button on this yeah and so you're not really going to ever have public health go okay guys it's time to have to go out with absolutely no precautions now you can just have your normal life again that we're not going to have that by that, I mean, this is, there's always going to be little sort of cases that kind of pop up. And so when is the time to lower your vigilance and start to go out? Mm. And it would be nice for your friends to sort of hold space for you to have conversations about like, you know, what would it take for you to feel safe to venture out? Yeah. When in doubt, meet outside. Mm. There's a period of adjustment, isn't there as well? We've been in this space for what, 14, 15 months, something like that now. And there is a period of adjustment coming back out where you feel, you know, you feel kind of normal and, and safe. And that will take a bit of time for some people. Yeah, yeah. They're not going to instantly spring back into it. Yeah, so I th- yeah. it, it is just being aware and, and understanding yeah. and trying to support one another, you know, support yeah. each other in your friendships. Understand it's been a while and you want to get together, you want to see each other. Yeah. But it's making sure both parties are comfortable. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, for those folks, then keep, you know, leaning into Zoom meetings, you know, like then still d- yeah. maybe don't forget your friends who are still wanting to meet by video because they can't at this point in time, you know, go out and meet in person. Yeah, it's just recognizing we're all at different spaces. We're all yeah. in, have different thoughts that are going on for us. It's recognizing that and trying to adapt accordingly. Oh, that's a nice reminder. Yeah. I like that. So yeah, I just I thought it was a good reminder that because there's a lot of talk about people going out. There's a lot of talk about, you know, the shops opening and uh, food venues being open outside and mm-hmm. we can go and meet people again. But it's just being aware that not everyone's in the same space. So I thought it was a yeah. good thing to bring to the listeners today. Oh, thank you. That sounds wonderful. All right. That was a good way to get us started. Get us warmed yes. up. Well, we've warmed up now. Yeah. Are you ready for some more warming with a hot, hot topic? Yeah. 
let's go. Okay. <laughs> Today we have top three reasons boundaries fail. <laughs> nice. <laughs> bring it to one. me, bring it to me. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Oh. So I think boundaries come up quite a lot in discussions with clients. Mm -hmm. We can see the problems where boundaries do fail. Mm -hmm. So I think it's quite an important topic to really discuss. I didn't really know what boundaries were for quite a few years <laughs> in life. Exactly. Like, I don't even know what this thing is people are talking about. Yeah. Yep. So maybe we should explain for the listeners what boundaries are. Yeah. Do you want to share some words? Yeah. Yeah. And, and similarly, I didn't have boundaries when I was in my 20s and early 30s. I didn't know what they yeah. were. I thought that people pleasing and doing what other people want is the way to be a good yeah. citizen and a good girl. So yeah, so boundaries are uh, listening to your internal signals that you need space, you need care, time, respect, and it's putting up gentle reminders like those sort of orange pylons on the street that, you know, you can proceed, but just be cautious that th these are the things that I need in order to feel respect and safety. And if your boundaries are violated, you tend to feel really awful, whether angry, restless, frustrated, um, hurt, but usually angry. Yeah. <laughs> I would say that when my boundaries have been violated, I realized I had boundaries when I was just living a very angry life. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that's my like two cents of boundaries. How about you? Yeah, I think when we haven't got healthy boundaries in place, uh, you're right, it does just seep out in different areas in our lives. So mm. we see it coming out as a reaction to something rather than responding and showing up and being who we want to be in the world mm -hmm. so when boundaries aren't in place that it is possible to have boundaries that are too high and boundaries that are too low mm -hmm. um, and what we want to seek is somewhere in the middle mm -hmm. and know that boundaries can be flexible so it's not always about saying this is always mm -hmm. a firm hard no mm -hmm. sometimes that might be a no sometimes it might be a yes but it's being able to communicate mm -hmm. um, that that is the case we can have boundaries across all different parts of life so we might have emotional boundaries mental boundaries mm -hmm. physical space boundaries mm -hmm. we might have boundaries around finances and it's getting to understand where our limits are where the kind of imaginary line is yeah. that once it's crossed we're no longer happy and and have joy and, and peace and so where that line that imaginary line is crossed is where it then just tips over into mm. more negative emotions that we don't really want to see yeah. something that's a bit more catabolic in our lives mm. and doesn't really build us up yeah so boundaries i think are quite a difficult thing to put in place yeah. they're difficult to um understand what your own personal boundaries are yeah. and they, they can be difficult to maintain and a lot of that is to do with the way that we've been brought up mm. it's to do with societal pressures it's to do with kind of a need to be liked and uh, accepted in the world and we feel like if we say no to something then we're not going to be accepted or or we're not a team player if it's something at work mm -hmm, or we're mm -hmm. too selfish so there's lots of different things that come up around boundaries I think yeah that, mm. absolutely so I love that you defined boundaries and then you're starting to see what might be the threats to us putting up boundaries yeah so would you venture do you have something in mind in terms of you know 
these top reasons why putting up boundaries fail in quotation marks. Um, yeah. I would probably just, ref- you know, why it's hard. Yeah. What are the things that come up for you in terms of why setting boundaries are hard? Yeah. So I think one of the biggest reasons is fear. Mm-hmm. Um, so fear about what might happen mm-hmm. if we change who we are to be the person that we want to be. Mm-hmm. Fear that um, by taking a stand or putting a foot down or a stake in the ground, um, what others might think of us. Mm-hmm. So I think there's that kind of fear of the unknown, really. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a real strong reason. Yeah. Another reason is self-esteem or confidence to be able to do it. Yeah. So when we don't feel good enough about who we are, we don't understand who we are and honour who we are, then we're prepared to give all of that away to somebody else. Yeah. But to our detriment, because we haven't got the confidence to say no when we mean no or yes when we mean yes Mm. um so that's something that comes up and I think the final thing for me would be um when we seek validation and love from others Mm. again we give all of that across to other people Mm -hmm. and we're placing that happiness in their hands Mm -hmm. so we feel like we have to do everything for everybody else so that we get that validation I think you see this a lot in in work situations as well as in personal situations oh my gosh yes tell us more about that like oh yeah yeah, I'm I'm always the brilliant one because I'm always the one staying late I'm always the one delivering I'm always the one that says yes and and that comes at a cost Oh, it does. And I just saw somebody post uh, just now that it's really toxic and it's perpetuating this culture when you wear your burnout as a a badge of honor. So Mm. oftentimes people will actually put, whether it's on social media or whether it's in their friend group, oh my God, I'm working so hard, 80 hour weeks. I don't have any time to think or to exercise. I'm just burning the candle at both ends. And a lot of people will even use that as a badge of honor. So that actually perpetuates Mm. that that's somehow a good thing. Yeah. So true. Boundaries at work. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Mm. And I've been working with somebody who, or I was having a conversation with somebody who is, you know, one of the few working moms on her team. And she's finding that there's, and still in 2021, there's still accepted cultures, work cultures, where people who have families and women are edged out because they can't keep up with the, or they choose not to keep up with the toxic, you know, ridiculous, you know, excessive hours and the ridiculous, Mm. uh, you know, being called upon on your days off and, you know, for there be to be no uh, distance or boundaries at work. So unfortunately, I'm still having conversations with people. For, that is still a part of their culture so much so that they they don't even know that it's wrong or abnormal and they're just experiencing signs of burnout yeah and if you're struggling with boundaries at work chances are you're probably struggling with boundaries in your personal life as well yes truth because it's still you it's yeah. you know it's yeah. still you that's bringing that yeah. to the situation I think yeah. um yeah. so it is important to look at where your boundaries are being questioned yeah um both at home and at work mm-hmm. and then trying to take some steps to seek healthier boundaries yeah yeah I think we often have this false view that oh well it's not forever it's just this particular time mm-hmm. but I'm not sure that I believe that I love that you said that because in many of my conversations, it's like, well, this is just a really hard time right now. It'll get better. It doesn't. Mm. And so, yeah, a lot of people are looking for temporary coping strategies to go through these really hard times at work or in their relationship. 
And it's hard to actually see the long view to see, you know what, this behavior has been going on for months or years. I've actually been treated like this now for years, maybe the better part of a decade, maybe 15, 20 years. Yeah. You know, I guess the question becomes like, when is it time to stop living for other people and their expectations? Mm. Like, is that, is it now? Is it five years from now? Is it at your retirement? Like, when is it time to finally start to say, what am I living for? What's important to me? And what are the things Mm. that I want to ditch out of my life and remove or prune from my life so that I'm actually living in alignment with who I am, my values and, and uh, making myself fulfilled? Yeah. Yeah. Good questions. Yeah. But it's never just, oh, it's just a bad time at work right now. (laughs) You're so right. It's never just that. Not in the conversations we have. (laughs) So what would you say were your, um, the top three reasons why you think boundaries fail? So I'm overlapping with yours. I think one of the big Mm. thing, though, is reconciling that your boundaries will change on the circumstance. And the problem with that is Mm. if you're already feeling very shaky about your boundaries, then it'll seem quite perplexing to you that they tend to shift. You'll start to feel like, well, that's okay in that circumstance, but for some reason, it's not okay in this circumstance. So if you don't fundamentally understand that you're okay to have different boundaries depending on the circumstance then you're not going to feel confident to enforce your boundaries. Mm. And that's a learning process to stand up proud to be like, yeah, I will work 17 hours a day for my own business, but I'm not going to work more than eight and a half hours a day for this particular company, like something like Mm. that. Or I will allow this person to treat me this way because I actually, that is healthy for me and I'm listening to my gut, but I'm not going to allow that other friend to say that thing to me or to, um, because I know that it's coming from a different place and it has a different intention mm. that doesn't feel right to me. Yeah. The other thing is like fundamentally realize that human beings, they're not evil, but they're opportunistic. So every human being is going to try to get away with something if they can. It doesn't matter if it's the nice old lady around the street. If they don't see a boundary, they will keep pushing until they get a boundary. And that's human nature. So you might notice that you have to set a boundary and you have to keep setting it because people will try to sort of creep into your DMs, be like, but are you sure? And you know what? Mm. I remember in the winter and we were chatting briefly about this. I had to set a work boundary and I had to set it like 10 times because I still, Mm. they were still trying to creep onto my schedule. And I kept having to send emails to say, as I said, this is the limit of what I will do. And I felt really uncertain because I was like, well, why are... Why don't they get it? Is it because it's something wrong with me? Am I unreasonable? Am I setting an unreasonable boundary? I realize no, my my boundaries are reasonable. It's just that they're going to try to keep poking holes in it to see what they can get away with. And that will happen about five to 10 times where I have to repeat the same thing. No, this is the extent to which I'm going to do. I will Mm. not do this until this is met. So I think that's the thing about boundaries is that I, number one, I have to keep listening to myself. Number two, I have to assume that people are going to keep trying to push my boundaries and it doesn't make them bad people, but they're going to keep trying to push to see what they can get away with. Human nature. Mm. Yeah. I don't know if we have a top three though. Do we have a top three? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe we have just slightly different top threes. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I think the other thing that comes up for me is understanding when, when you find yourself saying accepting something that you didn't want to accept there's some work to be done there to get behind the reasons why Mm. so why is it that I wasn't strong enough to go back and repeat my boundaries to somebody Mm -hmm. or why was it that I said yes I'd look after Mm. you know Isabel for the weekend when actually all I really wanted was to have a weekend where I wasn't doing anything so Mm -hmm. 
going beyond the answer, so beyond the request, yeah. to find out what it is that stops you from holding that boundary firm, yeah. I think is really important. Because there's something else behind it. It's not, you know, we can all set rules and yeah. try and follow them. But if we're not following them and that our rules, we've set them for ourselves and for others, then, yeah. but if we're not following them, then it's for us to go and do some deep digging to find out why that is. Yeah. Because there'll be something else behind it, whether it's, yeah. you know, and I guess this goes back to my top three. Is it because... I haven't got a high enough self-esteem or I don't believe enough about my own self-worth. Is it because I'm worried that they'll never ask me again and then they won't want to be friends? Mm -hmm. Is it because um, actually doing something for somebody else makes me feel good about myself and that's my only form of validation? Oh. There's something connected with some of those things, I think. Yeah. And actually, I would pile everything that is sort of in my top three into your one, which is negative messages. There's always, if there's something holding you back from doing something that's healthy or serves you, dig under the ground and you're going to find a negative message. Yeah. I think that really speaks powerfully. I think I'd defer to your, that's the top, the ultimate, <laughs> that's the ultimate boundary. <laughs> that's the ultimate barrier to healthy implementation of boundaries and sustained implementation. It's those darn negative messages. Yeah. And we have these kind of views and these stories that are created in our minds and it's really difficult sometimes to decipher what's real and what's not real. So what's mm -hmm. kind of true and what the truth is. Because mm -hmm. the stories that are there can be really vivid and really real for us. And yeah. trying to pick those apart can be quite a challenge. It can, yeah. There's something that I read just last night. Some mm. Facebook meme. But it was like, mm. may you never be that person who makes some person feel small about their boundaries. And what I found interesting to be to that is it flipped it around to say, if I knew that I was trotting over somebody's boundaries, I would not want to trot over somebody's boundaries. And therefore, to flip that around and say, well, if I wouldn't want to tread on somebody else's boundaries, I'll bet you they probably wouldn't want to tread on mine if they, mm. if they really knew that it was important. And so that was like a nice reminder because... If people truly understood and saw you and, and heard you, they would want to, most most folks, there's a few folks in your life that may not, and that's for another conversation, but most folks would want to make sure that you're happy. Is that fair to say? I agree. The thing that I don't agree with is that we're not very good at communicating those boundaries. We're not very good at... Um, yeah, that's the problem. About speaking yeah. out, about saying... So if we... And often we're not even clear what those boundaries are. So if we're not yes. clear and we can't communicate it, yes. how can somebody else have the responsibility for not stepping on your boundaries? Ah, oh, correct, correct. But I think that's the crux of it is to say, and we think that we we communicate our, our boundaries clearly. We do not. Mm. Because we tend to sort of have, have a tiny little voice like, well, I think it would be nice if, and we and we feel like that's really stepping out on a line and we feel like we're being clear. We're not being clear whatsoever. Yeah, and just thinking about a boundary doesn't make it communicated. Yeah, I like that, <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. So when we're inside going, oh, I really want to say no to this, but the words mm. are coming out, yes, of course, I'm happy to. Yeah, yeah, that's not a boundary set mm -hmm. or and communicated. In reality, it's just inside of our heads, we're screaming, going, no, don't do it, exactly. it'll ruin your week. Yeah. But the words that come out are, yes, of course, no problem. I'm happy to help. Yes, yes. <laughs> so let's take this example. Tell us of something. What's a nice way to state your boundary in this case? In your response to the person who wants you to, 
give up your own plans to take care of a child, a dog, a garden, yeah. whatever that might be, and you don't have yeah. space for it. Yeah, so I think the words are, um, oh, that's really lovely of you to have asked. I would have mm. loved to have spent some time with Isabel, mm. but just this weekend isn't convenient for me. Oh. Ooh, nice. Because that way you're not making them feel guilty about asking. You're saying, yes, I would have welcomed that under normal yeah. circumstances, yeah. but just this time it's not for me. Nice. I, what I love about that is there's no qualifying like, but I, I'll help you find somebody or, yeah. but I feel really badly that I had to, Yeah, you didn't take responsibility for her emotions and her response for that. And I think that's a really important point because mm. what we tend to do when we're setting a boundary is then to over talk. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. so <we're laughs> Tell us more about this. this so, so we'll go, um, you know, I would have loved to, but but this weekend it's just not convenient. Well, you know, this just happened at work and then I've still got this to do and I've yeah. got that to do. When, but I've heard that Jenny down the road, I've heard that she might be okay this weekend. Let me ring her. Let me, um, in fact, I'll send her a message now while we're talking and I'll see if she comes back. And if she can't do it, then I'll find out if Helen can do it instead. So you start. <laughs> and then if no one can, then, then call me and I'll do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And last resort, I'll absolutely give up <laughs> oh, all of my plans my and I'll do it for you. Yeah. Um, um, oh. So we tend to, we really have to like justify why we're saying what we want to say. Mm -hmm. And that isn't, that's not about having healthy boundaries because yeah. you shouldn't have to justify anything. You're saying it's not convenient. You're asking for something from me that I'm not prepared to give and it's not a good time for me to give mm -hmm. it to you. So I can't do that. There's nothing wrong with that. Oh, and that reminds me of a very good friend in Toronto. And he always tells me, he's like, Anna, no is a complete sentence. Yes, <gasps> it is. Think about it if it was money, right? If somebody said to you, because we seem to be really good at giving up time, mm. uh, committing to things mm -hmm. that we don't want to do. Mm -hmm. But if somebody said to you, um, right, Anna, um, I really just need you to lend me £10,000. Oh, yeah. You're likely to say to me, hell no, I haven't got it. And if I did, I wouldn't give it to you because £10,000 is a lot of money. Yeah. But who's that makes to it say obvious. that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But who's to say that a weekend of pleasing ourselves what we want to do and not having somebody else's child for the weekend isn't as valuable as £10,000. Oh yeah, I like it. And if not 10000 then at least 500 <laughs> And that's a lot. And that, But that's a lot. Like imagine yeah. what your time is worth and we never put a price tag on our time. And that's the reason yeah. why. And we hear a lot of people who we have conversations with clients where I don't have enough time. Mm. And people see this as an external block, what we call an external block, something outside of their control. But time is always an internal block. There's always mm. stuff that you're doing that is robbing you of your time that if you had healthy boundaries and stuck by them, you could free up a lot of time. That sounds crazy, but it is true. And but we see it all true. the time. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. The, yeah. The other question that's quite useful for that is to ask yourself, if I say yes to this, what am I saying no to? Mm -hmm. And often you'll find the thing that you're saying no to is yourself, is your oh, own self-preservation. Yes. Yeah. So then you have to question, okay, why am, why are my needs not as important as somebody else's? Yeah. You know, the weird thing is sometimes people may not feel to protect themselves, but if if they see somebody else's boundaries, maybe they're even their own child's boundaries being mm. like, if they have like a teenage daughter in school and so forth, and they see their, their daughter's boundaries not being, they get really angry mama bear. Right. And that can actually yeah. be a really interesting way to say, how does this differ at all yeah. from the importance of your boundaries, your time? Yeah. 
And then you can see it a lot more clearly and be like, well, no, absolutely. You know, my daughter shouldn't, should be able to say no to this. And well, yeah, can you say no to that? Can you yeah. value your time and your peace of mind and your body and your, you know, just as much as you would expect your daughter to? But it's often easier to get quite righteous about other people than it is about your own life. Oh, ain't that the <laughs> truth? Yeah. And maybe that's the role of a coach, right? Because we can hold up a mirror and notice yeah. that we tend to give everybody time, regard and attention, but ourselves. Yeah. When is it time where the negative messages, it's time to start countering those because it's time to start living for ourselves? Hmm. Well, I think the time is always now to start. Yes, the time. That's a, it's a trick question, guys. <laughs> the time is always now. Because it's like, if not now, then what? two months, five years, 10 years, death, like when is the time mm. to stand up for the things that are important for you, for stand up for yourself? Yeah. There's only one answer. You're right. It's the time is now. But you have a choice. You do. You do have a choice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But as long as you're making a conscious choice. Yes. Whew. All right. Well, that was spicy. Wow. I feel like I need to go out there and uh, build a perimeter fence now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. Let nobody in. <laughs> well, you know, and that's the, exactly, that is the first thought. And then, um, you know, those, okay. So there's these like fancy things that I think in modern times they've built where these, these pylons that rise and fall. Mm. So let's say like you're around a large embassy, right? And they've got these metal pylons that you they can rise up so that no yeah. traffic can go through. And then they can actually go down and lower to the ground so you can have like car traffic. Yeah. And there's an operator, a safety operator who decides when those boundaries go up and when they go down. So you can build a perimeter wall, but with that like lowering mechanism that you can yeah. decide when those, uh, when you can allow traffic in the right traffic. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And I got very excited when she was talking about the safety operator. I don't know why <laughs> I was like this safety operator. Who it is did. the person who decides when these big metal <laughs> things come up and down? We have them all over New York City. I'm assuming they're kind of everywhere. <laughs> where there's... It's a very good analogy. And you're right. It does. I often think of a drawbridge on a yeah. castle. Yeah. So we built these great big thick walls to keep any danger out, but yeah. there are times when you want to welcome visitors in. So yeah. we lower the drawbridge. Isn't that cute how, you know, you're like large castles and I'm like these fortress, like large metal embassy protecting things. <laughs> we're obviously, we reflect where we are in the world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we used to have this great big, uh, there was a priory uh, near where I used to live and that did have a big moat. Oh. That you could run up and down as a child, which was amazing. Wow. And it had the big archway to go in and enter the priory. So whenever I think about it, I think about that place. Wow. So you're right. Yeah. It is about where you where you grew up. Totally. Oh my gosh. And I was locked in an embassy. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> Trying to work out which country she belongs to. Well, that's you know. That is specifically, yeah, exactly. I, I, I face that battle every day, specifically at tax time, where I seem to be a resident of no country. But anyways, <laughs> that's just my tax brain. We're, we're getting out of that now. Taxes are done. Yeah, yeah. good, good. Yeah. <laughs> All right, should we go across to the question? Let's do it. Okay. This week, the question is, my parents have said I can't marry my intended. Should I do it anyway? <sighs> All right. Ooh, Going hot to trouble. hotter. There's some trouble in here. <laughs> Just got a bit hotter. Yeah. Um, there's some trouble here, isn't there? Mm -hmm. 
There is. So yeah. paint us some scenarios in where this might show up. I think this probably happens a lot more than you think it does. Um, yeah. yeah. Where it's like that, oh, what was that film that they used to have? The two different families were war in. What was it called? Oh, West Side Story. It's oh, that kind of like um, yeah. you kind of imagine some of that scenario, don't you, with the mm. two kind of rival families, or mm-hmm. um, you can get it with um, different cultures, different yeah. backgrounds, different religion, different class, yeah, different, different education, yeah, different yeah. wealth. So it can kind of show up. I think there's also a thing where, I mean, parents are very good at this. It, having a real clear view and vision about uh, our child's future <laughs> and what and would if, be best for them <laughs> yes absolutely yeah. and then when they go and do things that don't fit that vision as parents you can then kind of want to influence that right because the fear is that their child will fail if they don't follow what you think is best bad yeah. things will happen that's sort of the assumption yeah but I think that there are generational differences so the things that we kind of thought were acceptable and okay 20 years ago, mm. there are different things now that we kind of measure times against. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you've only got to look at some of the stuff that happened in the past, which was absolutely atrocious, that we seem mm-hmm. to think was acceptable and people got away with. Correct. Um, yeah. And times do change, you know, um, views, attitudes, yeah. cultures, all those things can develop. It's a real tricky one though, isn't it? Because then... Equally, the parents might be able to see things that you can't see. Mm-hmm. And maybe you're, so, you know, sometimes we can go into things just kind of head first, not thinking right. about things. Like, I mean, I, we obviously don't know any more of the background of this, but imagine that they've only been, they've only met for two months and they're saying that yeah. they're going to get married. And yeah. maybe the parents are saying like, I don't, um, it's not long enough. You don't know each other. Like, yeah. You met in Ibiza, like this is, <laughs> for God's sakes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there was that request for £50,000. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, there you go, exactly. <laughs> the, yeah, there could be some legitimate reasons why the parents really are kind of putting their foot down because they're yeah. doing it for legitimate reasons. Equally, mm-hmm. there could be completely unrealistic reasons. Mm-hmm, so it's a, mm-hmm. it is a really difficult one, this, I think. Well, then the third uh, nuance, I think, is... If you were to, let's say, go against their wishes and Mm. marry somebody that they didn't approve of, where will you be in your life without their support? And what would be the manifestation? Would they actually withdraw their support? Would you have to move away from your parents? Would would you not be in contact? What do you feel would happen if you and your relationship were now on an island together and you did not have your parents' support? Now, for some people... The, their family and their home of origin is quite a toxic place and that might yeah. not be a bad thing for them but might you be losing out if your parents if you don't have their support in this venture mm. and there's no right or wrong answer to that it's just it's another consideration yeah there's a trade-off isn't there so what are you trading off by ignoring the request and getting married anyway mm-hmm. what's the trade-off yeah. and is that trade-off worth it how does that trade-off change in five years 10 years 20 oh, years yeah. Is it then better or worse? Is it more acceptable or less acceptable mm-hmm. as you move further down the track? Yeah. And it's not just about the support that you might be missing out on. It's also thinking about that relationship. And if something kind of happens with your parents, then how would you feel about that? There's going to be changes in their lives. Like yeah. there's a lot in this, I think. There is. Yeah. And maybe there's also, so my parents don't want me to marry my intended. So what is the reason why you want to marry your intended? Is that... Mm. 
you know, exploring reasons for that is I do want to get married. I'm very excited. Uh, or there's something not jiving with my gut, but I'm scared that I'll lose that person. Mm. Or they've re- they're forced, not forcing me to, but possibly forcing me to. I feel um, there's some pressure there. I'm being pressured and I don't know how to say no. So I might as well say yes. So who's the yeah. person who is easier to say no to? Is it my parents or this person? Yeah. So yeah, actually, it might be really important to dive into so and this is the clarity and decision making that we help people out with, which is, what are the uh, the things you're thinking about the things you're feeling about the things your gut is sensing about the situation and all sides of the scenario? Yeah. And there's something around boundaries for me in this, like, mm-hmm. um, not connected to the hot topic, but it is there is something about that. Mm-hmm. Have you always let your parents make the decisions in your relationships or in your uh, life? Do, yeah. Have they always been in control yeah. and this time they're not? Mm-hmm. And is there some fear on both sides around that? Oh, yeah. Gosh, that's a huge one, right? Mm. Yeah. There's There's some big discussions to be had here, I think, because the parents mm-hmm. aren't, they're not randomly saying don't marry them just because they want to destroy your life and be a pain in the arse there'll be something behind it from their point of view why they believe that this person isn't the right person or maybe just not the right person right now right so it's understanding it's having some of those conversations because I kind of feel like there's a lot of fraughtness that has gone on behind this question there's not been a calm peaceful conversation about it oh yeah you're right yeah. yeah So there's a definite discussion around, look, I just want to understand where you're coming from. Like, mm-hmm. why is it that you think that I shouldn't marry Fred James, who or whatever he's called? I don't know why yeah. I'm assuming this is a man. Could be the yeah. other way around. Might be Janet. Exactly. Yeah, who knows? Exactly. So yeah, like, what is it about my partner? What What's yeah. the reason? What is it you're worried about? Uh, can we talk about it? Can we explore it? Can we understand it? Yeah. And then, as you say, I think those questions that you posed there were around, well, why do I want to marry them? Why is it yeah. important? What would happen if we just waited a little bit? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And maybe just explore kind of some of those options to make sure that everyone's really super comfortable with it or as comfortable as you can be. Mm-hmm. Or if you're not comfortable, then you're accepting that trade-off. You're accepting that there's something that's got to give by mm-hmm. making that decision. Right, of course, yeah. Mm. No, that's actually, so surveying to figure out, you know, what are the opinions based on fear versus the, yeah. the opinions based on opportunity? And if you can start to understand both for your parents, for your partner, as well as for yourself, like what are yeah. the things that are motivating us because of fear? And yeah. if it's just fear, that should be taken off the table. Yeah. And yeah. we should really only be looking at the things that hold opportunity. And sometimes exiting out of a, a relationship that could be potentially dangerous is an opportunity. Mm, that's a good thing um i think the other lens with which to look at this is that if you hear opinions coming in from your parents and so forth you can imagine this okay imagine that we're 20 years in the future will this just as you said right culture are what was acceptable or not acceptable 20 years ago has completely changed today Mm. so if your parents are saying something that in 20 years you can look ahead and be like you know what i don't think that's going to be a big deal 20 years from now Mm. If it's going to change in 20 years, that might not be something that you want to make a big decision to deny yourself of. Mm. I do feel like there's some sadness because there's this is a really just difficult situation to be in. You've got mm-hmm. the people that are the closest to you. So you're mm. soon to be intended and your parents are probably the kind of yeah. clo- often they're the closest relationships that you've got and the people that are the most important to you. Yeah. And it feels like the person feels like they're stuck in the middle. 
mm-hmm. and they're going to disappoint somebody somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. So that just feels quite sad, doesn't it? And it's hard because, you know, for some folks it's disappointment, but for the others, you know, for some people it's the consequences are excommunication and being oh, yeah, absolutely. kicked out of a household. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. that's just so hard. Yeah. Mm. I think there's some baby steps here around opening up, having conversations, really exploring, trying to listen so that you can understand what's going on and then just taking some time to process that before reaching any major decisions. Yeah. That feels like a kind of safe way forward to at least try and get some further clarity. Yeah, I like that. And then maybe offering a question back to say, if I were to make a certain decision here that didn't align with your opinion or your wish, Mm. would you support me? Yeah. And if so, how? Yeah. I think that, and that's actually a really hard one. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And I think that also really forces that person, whether that's your partner or whether that's your parents to say, oh, I mean, and and again, in that case, some, in some families that could be a devastating response. Yeah. But often in others, you know, you, you might find out that there's a bit of a middle ground. Your parents may not approve. Mm. They may be very displeased, but they may say, well, look, you know what? It's most important for me to stand by and have your back. So, you know, even, you know, and I told you so is something that I think a parent always <laughs> wants to say, I told you so. Um, but I think that this, especially when there's a child who is making a decision to marry somebody, possibly what is viewed as a reckless decision, oftentimes you can't change yeah. that person's view, but you can certainly hold space and hold support so that if things should go sideways, that they have somebody to call in the middle of the night if they need you to pick them up with two suitcases. Yeah, absolutely. And nobody wants to hear I told you so in that situation. No, no. (laughs) Maybe you can like keep that for a good friend. I told her so. (laughs) I told him. Yeah. Oh, well, I certainly wish this person luck in in reaching some decisions and getting some Mm -hmm. more information to make some better informed choices, I think is what's needed. Yeah. And I think from what you've said, I think I get a stronger sense of the opportunity, like all is not what it might seem. Yeah. And sometimes like what you've mentioned in terms of further exploring is that you can actually sometimes get behind a lot of messages and sometimes it may not be a hard no anymore and you might actually start to see what their point of view is and it might actually help you in your decision making. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it's taken some of that heat out of the situation, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But there are times where people do face persecution in their family because of uh, issues with whether acceptance on the basis of religion Mm. or gender expression or whatnot. And in that case, you know, there are helplines and so forth. Do definitely reach out if there is a persecution uh, where your choice of who you want to live with or be with is actually contravening your human rights. Like that is something that there are uh, support groups to, um, I don't want to minimize that that is often what is going on under the situation. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I feel like we uh, tackled the world today. We did. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I do like how they linked together. I think you're right. Like this, a lot of this all comes down to boundaries. It's mm. amazing. Well, need to lie down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I need some clarifying meditation now just to oh, yeah. <laughs> soothe things. <laughs> yeah. So we've learned a lot today. We did. We did learn a lot. We've learned a lot about boundaries and um, Mm -hmm. what they are. If you didn't know what boundaries were or you're not aware of what you are, then then absolutely do not worry about that. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm still learning what mine are. And um, it took 
quite long time. I was very late to the party on this one. <laughs> so don't worry if that's not something that's kind of in your sphere and you've got a hold of it. But if you feel like it is something that you want to explore, then, you know, maybe just start to look at some of the areas where you could do with some healthy boundaries. Mm, yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, the sun is shining and um, yeah, I might take a walk in the sunshine. <gasps> that sounds beautiful. Yeah. I know it's weird. The sun is actually shining like no cloud in the sky right now. So yeah. I don't know what's going on. If Jersey and New York can be both in sun at the same time. I don't know. That sounds like a bit of a rare event. <laughs> There's still a nip in the air. That's the only problem. I'm ready for mm. summer and it's just not quite here yet. <gasps> I know. But there are, you know, there's there are things in my wardrobe that I, I get to wear so infrequently because New York in the East Coast tends to be like really hot or really cold. Mm. And the shoulders on that tend to be very short. And I should remind myself, the nip in the air is the perfect time for those, like those funky boots and yeah. the light jackets, which... You know, here we don't often get to wear light jackets, unlike mm. in other places like Vancouver or wherever where they or London where, I don't know, raincoats and light jackets. Yeah. So I should see this like little, I want to get into like summer sundress, ever, mm, everything like that. But I do have some things in my wardrobe that I, this is the time to wear those little yeah. leather boots and such. It's that weird transition though, where you kind of feel a bit weird if you go out too overdressed. Yeah, that's so true, right? And you kind of think everybody must be thinking, you see such weird mixes. Like yesterday, there were people in shorts, other yeah. people with big giant Parkas. coats. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, and woolly jumpers on, because yeah. everyone feels the cold differently. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'm still, I'm in that phase where I'm still wrapping up, but I don't want to be. Ah, oh, you don't want to be. You're like, <laughs> I mm, just don't want to be. Nope. <laughs> it's sundress or nothing. Yes. Oh, totally. Give me a warm climate now, please. Oh, I hear you. I hear you. And it's funny, I have in my mind, like, it's always like, you see girls out with like really short skirts and shorts, but with mm. a huge parka on top. Yeah. And that's where yeah. we are right now. Like, it's just super awkward. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it is it is yeah it's the weird stage it's the weird stage it's the awkward it's that's like it's like the puberty of like seasons do you, know, do you know i think as well you kind of forget don't you like well this season's happened before so what did i wear previously? i know it's so weird you're right it is but your mind awkward. doesn't seem to distinguish between it's either winter or summer that's... and it doesn't know what to do in oh between. i hear you I think this is where like a fashion consultant might be helpful for me to see the opportunity and like what you can wear. I I think it's just a matter of yeah. I've never had somebody with fashion sense tell me like, what are my what are my choices here mm. <laughs> between yeah. parka and like almost naked shorts? <laughs> there's got to be something. There's got to be something inside. Yeah. <laughs> and if there's any fashion consultants listening, info at joylast.com. Yes, please feel free to tell us what we should be wearing. Please. Right now. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> all right i think we're probably boring everyone enough with our wardrobe dilemmas <laughs> oh i love the call to action <laughs> please help us please Brit, yeah. please <laughs> maybe barter some coaching for some uh fashion consulting yeah but yes i think you're right i think it is time to skip off and have a mimosa because uh the audience probably needs to get on with their day <laughs> yeah probably yeah <laughs> all right well, it was a pleasure as always. Indeed. And till next week. All right, sounds good. Have a good one. So that's it for another week of Geordie Lass and Doc Sass. We hope you've enjoyed listening as much as we've enjoyed chatting. Get in touch and share your questions for relationship remedies and any hot topics you want us to cover. 
If you need help navigating all things relationships, Anna and Sarah are available for one-on-one coaching support. Email info at geordielass.com. Please remember to like, share, subscribe if you've enjoyed listening. And if you've not, how on earth have you made it this far? I promise we'll try harder next time.